0: are listening to the Christian Bookworm Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I show up here to talk to you about all things bookish and to share fiction, nonfiction, and children's book recommendations written by and for Christians. I love reading good books, and I love helping you find good books, too. Let's dive in. This is episode thirty-five, and I'm so glad you're here. As always, you can find the links to all the books and anything else I talk about today on our show notes page, www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes.html. Bookworms, it is extremely windy where I live today. Um Very loud wind, and on top of that, I think it's causing some problems because I am hearing a lot of sirens and I've actually heard quite a few helicopters today. I'm not so sure what that's about, but my apologies in advance. I am hoping we're able to filter out a lot of the noise, but I'm pretty confident there's still going to be a lot of noise interference in the background today. So, my apologies. This is a good time to tell you that I am still working on a better setup for our audio quality. We have moved, as you know, we used to live up in a cabin in the woods, We and then we were living in a kind of an isolated area in a different way, so I had never really dealt with this type of noise, aside from the occasional, you know, rainstorm or something, but there's a lot of noise now. I'm always hearing loud motorcycles or loud trucks or cars driving past or... Car alarms. There's just tends to always be noise, and I'm not sure how well I'll be able to block that out. Um, quite a few podcasts I have listened to in the past. I've even listened to some that had really good quality, and I've seen on their social media feeds the way their podcast room is set up is very professional. And I still hear little noises get picked up from time to time. So hopefully, I'll be able to do much better in the future, though probably never perfect. But for the time being. This is the best I can do at the moment, aside from just not recording and waiting for a perfect day, and I definitely didn't want to do that, so hopefully you will bear with me. But before we jump into book recommendations today, I wanted to just take a few minutes to chat about how I find the books that I find. So um, I get asked this fairly often by the people in my life. I'll tell them about a book and they'll say something like, how'd you find that book or where'd you hear about that? And um, I realize that it is a question I get asked a lot and I think people are often, even though we have too many books to read as it is most of us or it would be not that hard to just walk into any store and find a book, for the most part we just love books and we love hearing about new books and getting excited about new books. Um, I have so many books on my shelf that I need to read and on my list that I'm always kind of watching out for in like a used bookstore sale. And on top of that, I also have a library card. And even still, I get so excited when I learn about a book that talks about a subject I'm currently interested in. I love the feeling of a book making me so excited that I break my own rule and I push it to the top of the list. That's a fun feeling, and I know fellow bookworms everywhere can relate. So, Even though I don't need any more book recommendations, I enjoy getting them anyways. And there's a few different places that I personally get my book recommendations. So probably the number one most common for me would be in person or at least um, from people I know in person. Usually I have a specific genre that I'll take recommendations from for a specific person. So for example, one of my aunts has um, a pretty good love for World War II nonfiction. She's also a strong Christian. She loves to see faith play out in these stories. She loves for there to be a thread of hope woven in. And so we tend to just be a good match in that way. I can recommend books to her. She can recommend books to me. We have a decent amount of overlap that we've both read, but we also both have lots of newer books to bring to the table for each other. Um, I have a few different people in my life, friends and family, who I'll say, oh, that person recommends such good health books, and I can tell them, oh, you've got to read this book. Um, I have a friend who likes weird books, so when I'm in the mood to read something kind of weird and different, she's always a great recommendation person recommender I don't know (laughs) Um, so that's probably the number one way but I also just I don't read any book any person recommends to me I know that some people I have very little overlap with and then others I have a lot and for some people it's only one specific type of book and so I just kind of have learned over the years who reads certain books that are similar to what I like to read and I go from there. And I'm also open to trying something new, kind of. But I I know what I like. And going and veering too far from that path just tends to not really work out. So probably in person, I would say, is the number one way. Um, number two is just browsing the store or the library. I really love walking through bookshelves and seeing what catches my eye. I do like browsing online as well. Um, Amazon or Barnes and Noble or ChristianBook.com. But there's something about being there in person and holding the book in your hand that is so much more appealing to me. I don't um, do as much online window shopping at, at all, really. It's just different. And Um, something about bookstores or libraries just walking among the stacks is kind of half exciting and half relaxing and I feel like there's very few things in my life that make me feel um, both of those things at the same time. (laughs) I think that's kind of rare. So for me this is just an enjoyable pastime anyway and I don't always have very much time for that. Um, Kind of busy homeschool mom just in general busy with my family and maintaining a home you know there's always so much to do so when I do find the time to just take an hour or two and hang out in a bookstore or a library I tend to find so many books that I'm excited about and that's a really good place to find those ones that just instantly jump up to the top of the list. Probably the third most common place for me Um, is within the book itself. If I'm really enjoying a book, I will check out the end pages, um, depending on the publisher, but I know for sure that Ravel and Bethany House do this. At the end of the book, I might see, like, another book by that author, and then I'll turn the page, and I might see something like, if you liked this book, don't miss these ones. Usually these aren't very backlist. Um, If they are, it's kind of recent backlist, but usually these are fellow new releases, Um, that came out right around the same time, or upcoming releases. But if I'm reading a backlist book, then there are other backlist books. So um, that's always nice. And then also endorsements in the front of a whole lot of books have an endorsement, or a few endorsements. Um, Often these are done by magazines and, and book review journals, but sometimes fellow authors will endorse these books, and that's a great place for me to check out those fellow authors who often write in the same genre or have a similar writing style. And I think there's probably been like 20 times that that's worked out really well for me. And I've found some great new authors through the endorsements. Um, After that, as you know, I do get emails from publishers. They'll say, hey, here's some new releases we have coming out. Do you want to review any of them? So definitely directly through the publishers. And even if you are not interested in reviewing books, you can still sign up for publishers' newsletters. So if you are um, excited for new releases and you know certain publishers have published quite a few books that you've really enjoyed, I would just sign up for their newsletters and you'll usually get like two to maybe five Um, new releases listed out in your email like once a month. Um, I really love Tyndale books, I've noticed. I don't think I've come across a Tyndale Publishing House book yet that hasn't been a good hit for me. Um, They tend to have a little more drama and emotion in their stories and just something about the specific writing style that they tend to be looking for, I think really resonates with me. So Tyndale is one that I specifically um, look out for, even though I don't um, currently have a reviewer relationship with Tyndale. I I sign up for their newsletter anyways, because I get excited about a lot of the new releases they put out. So that's one. And then um, I think that's pretty much it, aside from social media. I don't really utilize this very much these days, but still a little bit. I definitely like Goodreads. I will check out, um, you know, I just have like friends on Goodreads and I will sometimes something will catch my eye and I'll just click on it and read those. But in general, if I'm looking for something specific, I will check out Goodreads Listopia. (laughs) You can just go to lists and you search for a specific type of list. So I might search for Um, World War II Christian fiction, just as an example. And then there might be a list with 10 or 200 or some number in between titles that other people have voted for. And I can kind of browse through those if I'm looking for something specific. Um, If I'm not looking for something specific, there are kind of Generic like um, upcoming Christian fiction for the year or um, you know sometimes it's something like Christian fiction with the prettiest cover or things like that. but it's not something I utilize very often. It's really only if I'm looking for something very specific. Um, I do follow um, faith in fiction on Booktube. Uh, or on YouTube, it's just, they call it BookTube if it's a YouTube channel that talks about books. So she reviews specifically Christian fiction on there, and I do like utilizing that. I don't think that we have quite as much in common. Um, She definitely tends to read a lot more romance than what I'm interested in, but I still enjoy the book talk, so I definitely follow her channel and watch her videos, but don't usually get a ton of recommendations from there. I'm sure there's Facebook groups or pages you could find. I definitely used to utilize Bookstagram when I was on Instagram. I would just go to search for the hashtag. I would do Christian Bookstagram um, and specifically seek out Christian books. Every once in a while there's something ridiculous in there, like um, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, someone will like put up as a joke they'll put that hashtag so still be mindful but for the most part it was rare that I came across that it was usually just Christian fiction. Um, The one thing though I will say about that that started to get a little bit old is that I felt like for the most part I was only coming across um, new releases pretty much always either from book reviewers or from the authors themselves And it sometimes got to the point where it could even get a little bit spammy. You might have an author who was um, posting about their new release like twice a day for the week of their launch or something along those lines. But um, it was still a fun place. Just It tends to have pretty pictures and it was just a fun place to um, kind of look for new things or ask questions, you know, the book reviewer oh, I love this book, blah, 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 and then I could get right in there and just leave a comment and say, hey, did this book have, I don't know what I'm looking for, It trigger warnings, or did this book seem like it would be appropriate for a seventh grader, you know, whatever you might want to ask. I have no idea about Snapchat or Twitter. I'm sure Twitter has some kind of book tag, probably just Search Christian books and see what comes up. But um, I know that I've been in a Barnes and Noble in the last, like, well, I don't know, maybe f- six months. And they had a sign up that was like, you know, great new releases as seen on Book Talk. Um, and I had looked that up, and it's TikTok. So I've never had a TikTok, but I definitely know what they are because of all the cool dance videos people make. Um, I probably would have had a TikTok if it had come out when I was in high school, just being completely honest, because I was a dancer. But I don't know exactly how it would work, other than to guess it's probably pretty similar to BookTube on YouTube, but you could also maybe try... Um, I don't know if it's hashtags on TikTok. I'm dating myself here. I'm very old, but you could try, um, <laughs> that was a good voice, wasn't it? You could try like hashtag, if that's what they use, hashtag Christian book talk. Um, And the talk is T-O-K, like TikTok, not T-A-L-K. Um, anyway, that's something that I would recommend. Um, but probably you already knew about some of those, but hopefully you found at least one new way to find some books that you really love today. For fiction today, I'm going to recommend something a little different, but hang in there and listen all the way through if you would, please, because it might be something that you will be open to, or it at least might open you up to some other books. So this is a young adult novel. And before anybody says they're too old for that, I want to step up on my soapbox for just a moment and remind you that I think it's great and important to read books um, for all different ages. I am a female and no one would find it odd for me to read a book with a male protagonist. I live in the United States. No one would find it odd if I read a book about someone living in England. It's really easy for us to normalize things like that. We will read about a person with a disability we don't have or a person living in a time period that we didn't live in. But for some reason, when it comes to reading books about people of a different age than us, we start to waver. And I think for the most part, most of us are okay with reading a book about someone older than us, but reading books about someone younger than us tends to make a lot of people think, oh, I'm too old for this for whatever reason. And I just don't think that's true. For one thing, a good book is a good book, right? Regardless of the age, which is why we have children's classics that are so timeless. But I also think that as Christians, we can utilize things like middle grade or young adult novels to help us develop empathy for younger people. We can easily forget what it felt like to go through some of these things. We may think we remember, but if we really pause and reflect, it's very easy to forget a lot of the things that we were thinking and feeling and worrying about, a lot of the things we were experiencing during these certain times in our lives. So I think it's just really helpful to develop compassion and understanding for people who are younger than us and obviously developing those things leads us to connecting and connecting with people helps us to lead them closer to Jesus. So, that's my little soapbox moment, but I would encourage you to check out middle grade fiction and check out young adult fiction because you might find yourself pleasantly surprised. This book Fox by Nadine Brandis is on top of being a young adult novel, it is a historical fiction fantasy. So, You all know I don't really enjoy fantasy as a whole, but I'm trying to branch out. I told myself I want to read a sci-fi and a fantasy novel every year. The historical fiction element is what brought me to Fox by Nadine Brandis, And also I discovered this through a podcast episode of Hope Prose, um, which is another really great place to learn about Um, Christian or at least clean young adult fiction. I'm going to link directly to that episode because I think it was a good one. That interview with that author um, got me curious and excited for this book. And they also will um, read a little snippet of the beginning so you can kind of get a feel for um, what the book feels like, which of course is nice. So this book takes place during the gunpowder plot, you know, Guy Fox, the plot to kill James or, uh, King James. Remember, remember the 5th of November. So I was fascinated for that reason. I had um, a little bit of trepidation about the fantasy element of it, but it's not high fantasy. Um, high fantasy is world building. This is when you're creating magical worlds and magical creatures. And we didn't have that. We're just taking place in England. So that was helpful for me. The There are kind of two fan- fantasy elements. So first, there is a plague that's called the Stone Plague. And this is kind of a, um, it's like petrifying. It's turning parts of you into stone. So if you kind of think like leprosy, but rather than parts of you essentially like rotting, you're like parts of you are being petrified. And eventually you will turn into a statue and that's when you'll be dead, right? That's kind of what the Stone Plague essentially is. And then the other element is that a lot of the characters in the book have what are called color powers, which are essentially... um, It's like telekinesis, but only of a certain color. So, for example, if my color power is brown, I can wiggle the limbs on a tree. I can... um, make the mud you're running through kind of reach up and grip at your shoes i can make this brown door slam but i cannot make a white door slam or i cannot um make the grass do anything because the white door is white and the grass is green and i can only control things that are brown so that may i mean maybe you're into fantasy and that sounds great or maybe you're not and that sounds like a stretch For me, this was just the right amount of stretch that it it wasn't what I'm normally seeking out in a book, but it wasn't necessarily too much. I'm sure there were probably moments that maybe felt like too much, but it wasn't really too much. I was able to stay in the story, even though it wasn't what I normally look for, um, and I was able to enjoy the story. And I'm going to use the word tolerate. There were definitely things that I tolerated fine. And there were things that I liked fine, and overall I really did like it. We are following a 16-year-old boy, and this is really plot-driven. You're very excited to find out what's going to happen and how it's all going to pan out. But you're also definitely seeing some real good character development going on in the boy, and that's my favorite, as you know. I felt like this was a great book kind of mixing both parts. I wanted to know what was going to happen, and I wanted to know what choices this boy was going to make and how things were going to pan out. I guess one last thing is I will say that the protagonist, that 16-year-old boy, is Thomas Fox. So in this story, he is the 16-year-old son of Guy Fox, which is not perfectly historically accurate, but the author does explain that. So um, again, I'm going to link to the podcast episode in the show notes because... I thought it was really well done and I think it's worth checking out, but maybe you might just want to give it a listen, especially listen at the end when they um, read that sample of the book. I don't think it's at the very end, but listen to that sample of the book and see if it might be something that you're open to trying. My nonfiction book is going to be a lot heavier. The recommendation I'm going to make today, it kind of, again, I guess, goes along those lines of developing compassion and understanding and empathy for someone else. This book is not a fun or a light or an easy book. This book is really heavy and kind of dark. But this book made a massive difference in my life in the sense that it really opened my heart and my eyes up to a person I knew. Um, There was a person in my life I was having some really frustrating encounters with. And I was suddenly able to really kind of get a glimpse at where they came from and what led to them making certain choices they had made and were currently making, and why their relationships were the way they were. This book was really helpful for me in that way. So this is Leaving Cloud Nine by Erica Anderson. This book, if I'm remembering right, because it has been a while, um, this book didn't feel super Christian, um, but it was hopeful and and helpful. This is the story about a man whose childhood was very dark and very painful. Um, he dealt with abuse. He dealt with um, a parent with some major substance abuse issues and this is also a story about him um, working through that his adult life and how badly it was affected by that and certain things that he's still trying to overcome as an adult Um Again, it's kind of dark and depressing, but I did find it to be very helpful, um, mainly because of that one specific person. But after closing it, I not only understood them a little better, but I also was able to really think about um, how many people in my life do I encounter who are reliving a traumatic event or who don't... I mean, most of us have experienced some really painful things that we don't choose to... You know, when I shake someone's hand, I don't say, my name is Sarah, and this is a list of some of the things I've been through in my life. Um, Just kind of this awareness that people have, we all have pain and we all have situations that we've been working through and some of those situations are more serious than others, um, but they all feel serious while we're in them, of course. And I just found this book to really, again, grow me and grow my, I don't know, my empathy muscles. And um, I love that. I love that in a book that's one of my... um, goals as a human is to be open-hearted and compassionate and empathetic and to be able to um, recognize that people make certain decisions they make out of fear or out of pain and to be understanding to that. So if that's at all something you're interested in, I would definitely encourage you to check out Leaving Cloud 9 by Erica Anderson and grow your empathy muscles too. Because it is middle grade March, I wanted to really quickly recommend a middle grade novel I can't stop talking about. I just recently read this one and passed it on to my son, who was also a big fan. This is The Serpent Slayer by Champ Thornton. This is a new release, so it is book one of a series, but it's the only one out so far. And this is kind of a biblical fiction for kids. Um, There is a time travel element involved, so if we're dealing with readers who really like fantasy, you might be able to um, pass this off as such because they travel through time. Um, By the same token, if you're not comfortable with fantasy, it really isn't. So either way, I think this was such a good book. I felt like the lessons learned, the principles and there were just so well done, and it was not at all heavy-handed or preachy, and my son agreed with that sentiment, and he loves a good adventure. This one definitely felt adventurous, and there's a brother and a sister, so I feel like it would work really well for boys or girls, and um, I think there's a couple moments where they're like kind of annoyed with each other, but overall, just in general, they were kind with each other, and I'm always looking for that for um, families who actually treat each other well in a book. So highly recommend this one, The Serpent Slayer by Champ Thornton. Again, it is middle grade March, so I'll real quick list off some other middle grade books that we've really enjoyed. My son is really into the Prince Warriors series by Priscilla Shirer right now. Um, I would say probably like 4th, 5th, and 6th grade would be the ideal reading levels for that. That one is definitely high fantasy. We have a magical world. We have magical creatures. Um, but definitely lots of biblical symbolism in there. Um, we also, or I also, really loved The Edge of Everyone by A.S. Mackey. That's my favorite. This is like a contemporary Christian fiction for probably, I would say like 6th, 7th, 8th grade would be ideal And Hunger Winter by Rob Curry, probably your higher end, 7th, 8th grade, middle graders, 6th, 7th, 8th. This is a great historical fiction about World War II. We have a big brother, his little sister. They're on the run hiding from the resistance, or hiding because their family's in the resistance, I should say. Um, uh, We'll stop there, I guess. But I just really love a lot of these great middle grade books, and I'm not just recommending them for kids. Like I said, Um, I highly recommend them to adults as well. That is our show today, Bookworms. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. It means a lot to me that you show up here and listen to the things I have to say and check out the books I recommend. And I especially love hearing from you afterwards. I love your emails and messages and comments, letting me know when you try out a book. I love to know what you think of it, even if you don't love it. It's just fun for me because I love to talk books. If you want to talk books with me online, you can always find me on my blog, authorskbell.com. That's the best place to find me, and that's where I share book lists and all kinds of bookish things, but I also share bookish things on Pinterest as Author SK Bell, on Goodreads as skbell, and on my YouTube channel, The Christian Bookworm. I think that's everything. I hope you all have a great day today, bookworms, and I hope that at some point involves you curling up with a good book. See you next time.